Okay, everyone. Hey, um, I am so excited to be here with you this morning. Welcome, welcome. Hope you're just getting up, getting a fueling, getting settled in. We're going to have a great time this morning. Put in the chat where you're coming from. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, it's so fun to see you hopping in. I want to thank Jamil for inviting me in this morning. Um, my mind's been so full of what I might share. Uh, the last couple of days have been so amazing watching Emily yesterday um, just to share so much goodness. Oh my heavens, it was awesome. And Jamil the day before, just so many amazing things that help us develop um, healthy mindset. And um, I was thinking, man, what can I, what could I share today? Um, but I just kept going back to my path of kind of what has helped me um, along the way. And, um, and I thought maybe some of the things that were breakthroughs for me might be breakthroughs for you. So, hey, everyone, thank you so much for being here. Um, first of all, like in the mornings, my favorite thing to do is uh, start my day off strong in the morning and um, focus on what I'm thankful for. So maybe you could also throw something in the chat along those lines, like something that's just on your heart this morning that you're super, super grateful for. Uh, that would be an awesome way to get us started this morning. So, um, okay, we're rolling right along. And um, I was thinking, you know, what would I possibly be able to say that would take up an hour? Um, and as I started writing, I'm hoping that I have enough time to get it all in. So ah, bear with me. Um, I woke up at 4.30 this morning and I couldn't go back to sleep. My mind was just flooded. And my cute daughter-in-law, my son, um, their three little kids have been staying with us this week. And she got up and said, hey, you wanna go to an exercise class with me? So I finally just got up and went and got some endorphin flowing in my brain. And um, I'm excited and ready to just share what I have prepared for you guys today. Ah, sweet. I'm seeing some really great grateful posts coming in. So great. Love it. I'm grateful to be here too. Okay, so, um, so many of you know my story. Um, of, you know, how I grew in the business side of things um, and, you know, a little bit about our family, but um, I don't know that many know about my story of how I grew with my personal development, how I grew um, a open mindset, a curious mindset, um, not a fixed mindset. <laughs> And it's funny because as I look back on it, I just, oh, I can't, I, it's amazing the growth that happens when we align ourselves with all that's available to us through this amazing program. So um, as you know, we, um, we started out nine years ago, nine and a half now. And, um, and we were blessed with that little baby, that bonus baby. And, uh, and so I, I had a newborn and I was counting last night out of the eight kids, there were five at home when I started coaching. And so, you know, I was a busy mom. And when I started coaching, it was just, you know, tactical, how do I talk to people? How do I help people? And how do I fit it into my busy day? Um, I, if people told me, you know, you should read a book about, you know, growing personally, I would have said, nope, I don't have time for that. I've got too much else going on. Throw a one in the chat if you've ever said that. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was like a year and a half before I finally even went to my first event. And that wasn't because my coach, Randy, Karchner and his coach Kim Fisk didn't try to invite me it was because I was just like totally giving him the straight arm um, but Kim got through to me like I mentioned for those of you that were at national convention she encouraged me to come and um, that was the beginning of it the first time I was influenced by something that helped me develop mentally was when I went to Go Global, the first Go Global after that national convention I went to in Tucson, Arizona. 
and I heard a speaker named Robin Sharma. Um, I'd never heard a personal development speaker before. I'm just a mom, you know, I'm a nurse. I'm somebody who just gets up and does her thing all day and falls in bed exhausted at the end of the day and just never really developed myself beyond that. Um, that's what I told myself anyway. And um, when I went and heard him speak, he, he said something that just resonated. And you guys, I'm sure you've heard this and you've had it happen to you, but there's just those moments when something just pier goes, pierces through the, the fog, you know, and just hits the mark. And this thing did. Now I had so much on my plate. I was trying to fit coaching in, but he, he taught the concept of a mental dump at night. And I know my team's heard me say this a lot, but this was so revolutionary to me. And this was just the beginning of take what's in your brain, so much information, so many things and dump it out at night and start writing. Don't even try to write it in order. Just anything that comes to your mind, just dump it out. And then after you get it all out, then you can go back in and kind of prioritize things and you sort of set up your day for the next day. And that makes it so you can sleep better at night. You don't feel overwhelmed. Your mind isn't spinning a mile, million miles an hour. And that was a big breakthrough for me. I started doing that and planning my day the next day and things started to go much better. So that was like the first thing. Um, I still wasn't into reading. I still, you know, just did my thing. I'd fit the business in during nap times. My poor little baby boy, he, he take long naps sometimes because I'd make him stay in there um, for like three and a half hours, but he was fine. He was just cooing and happy. Um, but I did, I, he, he did take long naps for a long time. Um, but I fit it in, you know, somehow. And it was because I was driven, I was driven to serve people. I wanted them to be successful. I wanted them to have health. Um, and I didn't really, like I said, at convention, I wasn't open to teaching them about coaching or offering coaching until later on in the game. And that's when I went to this um, first Go Global. I came home more open to that, but still I wasn't really developing myself to be the leader that could lead others. So <clears throat> um, the next thing that really uh, broke through for me was when I helped Kim Fisk plan an event in Salt Lake City. And this was in March of 2013. And this was where we had a, a guest speaker named Weldon Long. Um, throw a five in the chat if you were there for that event. There's probably not a whole lot of us that were, but um, that was an amazing event. He wrote a book called The Upside of Fear. Now this man is a guy who was um, a, a drug addict and a convicted felon and spent 13 years in prison and then got out of prison and created amazing success with his life. And he came and spoke to us and he taught the acronym, the upside of fear. He taught that fear, actually, whatever we focus on the most, we're going to get more of. So the F in fear stands for focus. And then he taught about emotion. The E stands for emotion. When you attach emotion to your focus, that drives action, which is the A. And then you get the result. So this could go either way, right? Focus, emotion, action, result. But it's our responsibility also, the R stands for responsibility to, to, to create good things. If you want good in your life, you've got to get on the good side of this acronym. Because if you're focusing on the negativity, you're going to attach negative emotion to it. That's going to drive your actions. They're probably not going to happen. And your result is going to be exactly that. <clears throat> it's not going to happen. But if we turn it around and we're focusing on what we want to create, we feel that emotion that drives the action and then the results come. Taking responsibility for your life is huge, huge for me. That's where I first met Jamil. I kept hearing this buzz about Jamil Frazier, this new coach, Jamil Frazier, Jamil Frazier. <laughs> and, uh, and so I decided I needed to get to know this guy and it was crazy when when I met Jamil it was just like 
um, meeting a friend that I'd known for a really long time. And it's been that way ever since. So um, I just love that we connected there. And, um, and also my daughter Aubrey was part of that um, event. She had been struggling for a few years. Um, many of you know her story. She got caught up in addiction and it was, um, it was rough for everyone in the family, but she was really trying at that time to get clean. And the interesting connection there was that she had been incarcerated and I had written to Weldon Long, who also had been incarcerated and had been an addict or was, you know, struggling, had struggled with that. Um, I don't like to label people as addicts. I don't believe in that. Anyway, <clears throat> side note, um, he, I wrote to him about her and, um, he actually, they wouldn't allow me to send his book into her in the prison. So he actually printed the whole thing in manuscript form and, and mailed it to her in the jail. <laughs> and she was able to get out of the prison and they had kind of created a relationship because I had written and told him about her and he could relate. So he went way out of his way to make a connection with her. And she was able to come and meet him on stage that event, which was huge. But the challenge didn't go away. Um, she, after that event, she struggled again and Dave Blanchard showed up in my world. So um, throw a 10 in the comments if Dave Blanchard has been, in, uh, has impacted your life for, for good. <laughs> my goodness, you know, um, I believe in um, that there is a, a two forces in this world powerful force for good and, a, and an evil force. And I believe in God. And I believe that God helps to help me in my path. Every step of the way, the next person, the next influencer showed up to help me along this path. And whatever your belief system is, I respect it completely. But I'm just sharing from my heart today that um, these people showed up when they did for a reason to help me along the path of growth for myself personally, but also with regard to my family and what we were going through at the time. And all of you, all of us have stories and have, have things going on, right? So I just wanna share with you that you aren't here by chance. You are not here by chance. Um, you are here for a reason. That's my other daughter, Emily, right there. <laughs> Many of you know Emily, yeah, little, little songbird. Um, but you are here for a reason. And if you'll stay on this path and open, keep open, always open to learning and growing and, and being, you know, what is it that, that's there for you to learn? You will think, you will experience growth like you can't even imagine. So Dave taught me to listen. Dave helped me understand that I needed to keep my mouth shut and step into other people's worlds and ask questions. This was foreign to me because I think when I get nervous or when I'm trying to share something that I think is so important, I just got rambling, ramble on, ramble on. And it's a miracle that I had the success that I had because people couldn't even get a word in edgewise. So um, throw an emoji or something in the chat if that's ever been you. <laughs> because <laughs> I think we all have to learn this, but Dave, um, Dave taught me this, this principle. It's a true principle that when we listen and when we genuinely care about people and love them, their walls will come down and we have an opportunity to serve them at a different level. And I just want to throw this in here because this truly, I believe, was the thing that helped bring Aubrey back 100% to where she is today. I remember when she got out of a prison at some point, I can't remember, she'd been in so many times. She came to my house and we let her come home. She was gonna go into a rehab and she was just here for a week before she went into the rehab. And that was hard. Like living with Aubrey was not easy. We just did not gel. We couldn't communicate. We never, we had struggled since she was a teenager. We had a hard time, but I learned to listen. Thanks to Dave. <laughs> and I remember sitting on the bed and she was telling me these horrific things. I did not wanna hear. 
And I kept saying, all I know I kept saying was, tell me more about that. Wow, that must have been so hard for you. Tell me more about that. She started telling me more. And she just told me more and more and more. And I was like, la, 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 la. I don't want to hear this. But she felt heard. She felt validated, even though I didn't agree, even though I couldn't understand it. I stopped trying to fix it. <laughs> so Dave, if you're on here, or Ramona, maybe you could share with your husband. He knows. I've told him a million times. Thank you for teaching me these things. Dave introduced me to the scrolls. He introduced me to something that I'd heard back in the day when I was a little girl. My dad read The Greatest Salesman in the World and I heard the name of Ogmandino around our house. So when I heard it again, it wasn't foreign, it was comfortable. I respected my dad and loved him so much that I thought anything Ogmandino must be good. So I jumped in and learn to be a student of the scrolls. The two scrolls that I think have impacted me the very most is um, scroll number two, where we learn that um, we can greet this day with love in our hearts. Every day we can learn to greet with love in our hearts for everyone. Um, the other one is scroll six about we create our own emotion. We, we can create our own weather. We don't have to be victims of whatever is going on around us. And the quote that I shared from stage about uh, weak is he who permits his thoughts to control his actions, but strong is he who forces his actions to control his thoughts. That just pierced my soul. And I realized I can make myself do anything and then I can start feeling like it later. If I don't feel like it, oh, well, I'm going to do it anyway. And he taught me about mental creation, how I could see something out there. And I had heard this before. Dan Bell teaches the peak to peak principle. And I love that. And it's so powerful. Oh, there's so many things I could share, but that's it. Mental creation, seeing it out there in front of you first, what you want to create, and then coming back out of fantasy. Don't stay there. Coming back here and doing the action steps. That's, that's leading from the future and acting in the now. You guys will see these things. They repeat. These are true principles. You'll hear them in different colors, different shapes, different forms, but they all speak truth, right? Man, we are in a powerful place with, with Octavia. So much good here. Um, anyway, so many blessings um, that came and come still every day from what I've learned from Dave and Paul Blanchard. And Ramona, we're so blessed to have her be part of our team. Um, the next thing that I really want to give a shout out to is um, I have a friend, Mary George. Many of you know Mary. She always seems to share with me books that are just like powerful. I started reading, by the way. I read, I read, to, I read That Side of Fear. That was my first book I finished the whole way through. I mean, I've read books before, right? But I just didn't love to read. I didn't take time to read, but that one I read all the way through. And then I read Dave's book, Today I Begin a New Life. And I've read The Observer's Chair. Um, most of it, parts of it, most of it. Um, I've read um, and, uh, Equanimity also. And then I read, and that's from Dave as well, Equanimity. And then I read this book that Mary taught me about, and that was The Miracle Morning. This was the first time I ever really got it that mornings were a big deal. And um, how many of you have read The Miracle Morning? Throw a two in the comments if you've read it. So powerful. Um, you know, the SAVERS acronym that you spend some time in silence, that you speak affirming words, you use visualization, right? There's, there's our mental creation again. Get some exercise, the endorphins in your brain, set the tone, so powerful. Um, reading, there it is again. Leaders are readers and you can't get away from it. So Audible has been, my, has been my friend too because I really use it a ton. I've read so many books through Audible or listened to them. 
I always usually get the hard copy too, so I can go back through and mark it up. Powerful. And then scribbling, which is journaling in parentheses. I have always kept a journal um, since I was 12. I started keeping a journal. I was challenged once in a meeting at my church to, to record events in my life and emotions and feelings and thoughts in my life for future generations. And I found it was hugely beneficial for me to do that. So I don't know if anyone will ever find any value in them. I have 27 volumes of journals, <laughs> but I know that journaling got me through some really rough patches where I, I didn't have anybody to talk to, but I could write it and I write my heart out. And um, I had people I could talk to. I've always had people I could talk to, but sometimes it takes so much energy to talk to people about things that are hard that I just would write instead and it was easier. Um, so I love that it, I was encouraged to start journaling more about my, my journey with Optavia, my journey with growing as a person. Um, and I'll come back to that in just a minute. But the Miracle Morning really set the stage for growth for myself and my team. I shared that book with my teammates for Christmas one year, and it, it has been a blessing, huge blessing. So I got to give huge shout out for to Mary for that. Um, the next thing that I want to say is, um, Jamil. Jamil is just Jamil, you know, he's just the real deal. And he has shared so many things and, um, helped me grow in so many ways. I just really want him to know. Um, one of the things I remember hearing for the first time from Jamil is, E plus R equals O. E plus R equals O. Um, throw a 10 in the comments again if, if you guys have been impacted by that. There's an event and then there's the response or the reaction we get to choose. And then there's the outcome. And we get to create our lives, people we get to take responsibility for what we're experiencing. Nobody else, like stuff happens, stuff happens to all of us. You know, I never anticipated my first marriage dying, never anticipated finding out that my husband was involved with somebody else and having four little kids looking at me for security and support. I never anticipated having to do that. I never anticipated having to blend a family with, Dan and, and all the stuff that goes with it. But, but we have a choice. We can either react and it, and it turns out to be a real downer, real, you know, knocks us out. Or we can learn to respond and learn to see the good and learn to find gratitude in everything. And the whole thing changes, everything. All of it changes when we learn to live in gratitude and learn to take responsibility for our experience. So Jamil, everything, I can't even, it would take us five years to say everything that you've taught me. But I just want you to know that your presence in my life and your friendship and how um, our families, I just love your family. And Jamil and I really got to, I'll just share this little thing. It was really awesome when we, met up at Sundance after we had met at the Wally Long, Weldon Long, he goes by Wally. If I interchange those two words, you'll know. Uh, we met at that conference with Kim and then we met up at Sundance and he needed a ride to the airport. And I said, hey, I'll take you out there, but you'll have to come home and hang out with us today. And then I'll take you later today. And it happened to be one of my sons had just returned home from a mission. He'd served for our church for two years in Germany. And he was giving his um, home address, his, his coming home address in our church that day. And Jamil came and he just hung out with our family all day long. It was like he was part of our family and um, he is part of our family. So Amanda and the kids, um, they're just the most gracious, wonderful people. And I just want you to know, Jamil, how much you impact my life. Okay, so man, oh, I didn't mean to be so emotional today. 
Um, this reminds me of one of the scrolls. When you strain your potential until it cries for mercy, that's sometimes how I feel. You strain, you grow, you push until it cries for mercy. But man, then all of a sudden one day you wake up and think, I can do that now and it's not so hard. Like, I, I can't remember that how hard it was. I remember thinking, how, how do I take care of 10 clients? I didn't even know. I was so new and had, I had no clue. And now I think, man, if I only had 10 clients, I wouldn't even feel like I had anything to do. That will happen. I'm sure it's happened to you. It will continue to happen if you just don't quit. In the words of my wise husband, just to be perfect at not quitting. And he's another one. I learned so much from him. He's been such a blessing in my life. Uh, okay, back on track here. Um, the next thing <clears throat> that really impacted me was when we went to Sundance and met Helen Irwin. And she introduced the six habits of transformational leadership. And they were so clear and so concise. And that book, The 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, and I realized I unconscious a lot of the time. I was unconscious. And I began to understand that I needed to be aware of what I was doing and how I showed up with regards to the line. Like Emily shared yesterday so beautifully, understanding the line, that there is a line, and how we live either above or below. And I remember Lori, Lori, and <clears throat> Lori Anderson shared a, a lot about that at that Sundance too, um, or maybe it was the year after she reviewed it. I can't remember, but those things have stuck with me, and I have um, I tried to become a student of being aware of where I'm showing up, and sometimes I still falter. Like the last few days, I've had a kind of a struggle. I had to pull myself up from under that line. But at least we know how to shift. We can do that. And uh, as we continue to just stay aware, we are empowered to be able to spend more time above the line. It's not that we stay there always. That's not reality, right? But it's knowing when we slide and being able to pull ourselves back up. That's the key right there. So the book, 15 Commitments of Conscious Leadership, if you have not read it, I highly recommend it. It helped me so much in stepping into my own leadership, um, which takes me to my next person, which um, she's been a part of this the whole way, but that's Kim Fisk. Um, Kim, Kim was an amazing leader. She, she worked so hard and she pushed so hard for so long and helped so many of us grow. And then she kind of took a step back and is now developing herself in other areas with personal development, personal speak or speaking, public speaking. She's going to be on here Monday. I'm so excited to hear her. Um, what an amazing person. I loved her book, um, The Monster Under the Bed. That helped me so much. And I'll come back to that in a second. But it was funny. I went back about three, four years ago to something I wrote in one of our coaching groups, Top Gun, for any of you who are part of Kim's um, Top Gun group. Uh, right when she was kind of taking a step back, she asked if we could recap something that we may have learned from her. And I had a whole lot of things to share. So I want to just tell you some of the things that I learned from Kim. Hopefully some of these will resonate and be sure you write them down. First of all, it was to trust myself, trust myself, to pace myself and do what inspires me. Sometimes we get so overwhelmed with so many things we could be doing, but you know when something just resonates, do that. You don't have to do it all, just do that. Not be afraid to ask questions. I used to be, I still sometimes am afraid to ask questions because I feel like I need to know. I need to be the one that knows everything. I need to be the leader. I need to know everything. No, no, no. I'm learning that true leaders ask questions. True leaders are humble. 
True leaders don't have all the ideas. True leaders let other people lead. That's what I'm learning. Um, she taught me that you don't hit a rank. You become a person who reaches a certain level of contribution and leadership, and then the rank happens. Now, I'll have to say that not always that isn't always true. Sometimes you do hit a rank really fast and you're not developed quite to be able to sustain that or to lead your people. So you probably won't grow a whole lot more or maybe you might even slip back until your personal development reaches that point where it aligns and then you will, you will grow. So diving into personal development to grow yourself is a really, really good idea because I had to learn that the hard way. She taught me that you can't make anyone do anything. You just model behavior and keep sowing seeds, keep sowing seeds, keep sowing seeds. Don't be attached to the outcome. Consistency is what counts. Step into your leadership. We all have leadership in us. Step into your own leadership, lead. Lead yourself first. Light yourself on fire and they will come and watch you burn. People are treasures. Quiet time and breathing to get clear and centered is probably the most habit, most important habit of all. Kim was so all about that when it wasn't really that popular. Back in the day, we were all more focused on tactical things, not so much about the healthy mind. And it's so interesting for me now to see how everything has shifted now toward that. She really was right. And um, Dr. A now in the new habits, the new habits of health transformational system, most of that is directed to the healthy mind, which is so powerful. But that's where I first learned it was here. She, she taught the only thing between your success and her, like my success and hers at the time was just people. She talked to more people than I had. She was just out there talking to people all the time. Sometimes you need to step back a little and let your leadership step forward and lead. And I'm, I'm still learning that. I have amazing, amazing people that I get to work with every day. And they are great leaders. They have so many ideas. Sometimes I just got to get out of the way and let them do it. it. Not let them. I don't let them. I invite them to grow. They're amazing. And I learn so much from them. She taught that it's important to take care of yourself along the way. And I have to say, Emily Flores has taught me that as well. So much about self-care and to take time for yourself. I'm not great at it, um, but I'm working on it always. Kim, thought to, Kim taught me to check your business from a 30,000 foot level. 30,000 foot level. Looking down from a 30,000 foot level, you can see what is going on in your business and you need to know what's going on. You can't leave it to chance. You have to know, and you're responsible for filling those things in. Look at what's necessary and fill in. Find where you need to put your effort and your time. Find those runners and work with them, all of those things. And um, um, she, she taught me what if. What if, you know how we've heard always, what if, what if you went to convention? What if you could do that? What would you need to do to be able to make that happen? I learned this from Kim. She also taught me a confused mind does nothing. If you're overwhelmed, dump it out on paper, pull a Robin Sharma, dump it out, mental dump, and prioritize it. Prioritize it. And, um, and then you'll be able to move forward with just a few things, just a few things that you wanna focus on, get them done. Um, and then the last thing that I had written down um, when I wrote this for Kim years ago was that it's not our gig. She, she would always say, most important thing to remember is it's not our gig, meaning that God's behind this, God's leading this, and I truly believe that. So, um, when I read the book, The Monster Under the Bed, The Lies That Drive Us, I recognized some of the challenges that I had faced was that I felt like I always had to be approved of. And I mentioned this at the summit last spring. Um, 
I, I grew up in the, a wonderful family, amazing family. My parents are stellar. My siblings are amazing, even though I didn't have a great relationship with the older ones. Well, the oldest one, mostly the others pretty much. But um, I kind of told you the story about how I threw up in my brother's car when I was three and I wasn't, he wasn't a fan of me. <laughs> I mean, we, we loved each other, don't get me wrong, but it, it, he was 17 years older than me. And so we didn't really have a lot to, to relate to each other with. Um, but I felt always that I needed to work hard for my, my brothers and sisters to approve of me and to include me. And sometimes I would run off of that. That was playing in the back of my mind. That was like the thing that drove me. And it wasn't healthy. It wasn't healthy in my business because I was pleasing. I was a pleaser. I would work really hard to please. I would be people pleaser and do too much for people. Instead of empowering them, I was an enabler. I was a hero coach, big time. And Kim really helped me to understand that. And um, she and th that book really helped me to to be vulnerable, to learn to be vulnerable, and, and know that it's okay to be vulnerable, and to know where we are now is a great place to be. And now we get to evolve forward. Helen Irwin is great at that too. That's something we're learning right now, and um, something I'll talk about in just a second. Um, Justin Prince is another one. Oh, books. I read Kim's book. I also read um, The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Powerful book. The little things we do consistently all the time changes everything. Consistency is the key. It's amazing. So that's another amazing book that I've read. Um, Justin Prince. I learned a lot of tactical skills from Justin. He came and spoke at our summit in November when Jamil's team joined our team. It was so great. Um, he again reinforced win the morning, win the day. And he helped me that shift that came when he taught to give time to priorities instead of time to, trying to prioritize my time. Give time to the priorities. That was super powerful. Okay, so um, the next thing that has really helped is that Aubrey and I, obviously, well, maybe some of you don't know the story. So <laughs> a year and a half, well, almost, yeah, a year and a half ago, Aubrey came home again after she, she got herself into her fourth rehab by herself and uh, decided to take full responsibility for her life. This was a few years ago and she um, got clean and God in his wisdom sent her a little baby girl um, to help her in this journey and her husband at the time was trying to get clean as well and through the course of the pregnancy and the baby being born and everything else he couldn't he couldn't handle the responsibility and he chose to go back to um, using so Aubrey in kind of a moment of desperation she knew she couldn't go back she had made a commitment she had made the decision another Dave Blanchard thing made that decision to clean up her life and change. So she came home. This was January of 2018. She moved home and granted, we had not done well. Like I said before, we never had been able to exist together, living in the same house since she was 14 years old, very well, never lasted very long. But the skills that I had been learning helped me so much that I just decided that it was going to work. I made a decision that it was going to work. And if she was going to be there and get on her feet, we were backing her because she was moving forward on her own. Anytime my kids will put forward, put forth a hundred percent effort moving forward. I'm always backing them, always there to back them, but they've got to be moving forward for themselves. And she was so, um, a few weeks into that, she was miserable, overweight, didn't have a job, didn't know what to do. And I suggested, why don't you just try the program? She'd always resisted it before. Not doing your thing, not doing it, mom. I'm doing it my way, which didn't really ever serve her. And so finally, she was open and curious and she tried it. And then she lost 40 pounds and I saw her come alive again. 
It was the most remarkable transformation. And just from the little things she learned through going through the program and getting into the books a little bit, and she started listening to podcasts and she started listening to webinars and she started reading and she started to come alive. Marriage obviously didn't work out, but she became a coach and started paying this forward. And man, what a joy it has been to see her change, see that life happen. See it, you know, I didn't think she was going to live. I thought, you know, my relationship with her would be sitting on the top of her grave, having conversations with her. And I thought maybe that would be good because I couldn't have a conversation with her in life. Maybe if God took her home, at least I could have a conversation with her. But that wasn't the plan. And she chose. She made a choice. So um, my point is she became a coach and she now works with me. We've learned how to communicate. We've learned how to talk to each other, learn how to listen. We're not perfect at it, but um, she got me involved in a class that she took or was taking. She had some counseling and she got me into this book and it's about connections. And granted, we didn't, see the whole thing through but there's some things in this book that have helped a lot and it taught me that being honest being responsible and being humble and staying focused in gratitude are the keys to happiness and and success and learning how to listen again um, again like i said things repeat and how to validate people just hear them hear them and just say wow that must have been so hard for you to go through. Wow. Even if, even if you don't agree, even if it's hard for you to hear it, just got to validate them because most of the time they have the answers inside of them and they will figure it out. If they just know you hear them, then they'll all of a sudden maybe hear themselves and decide that it doesn't serve them. And that's what's happened for her. I thought it was so interesting. You know, as we talk about, I was reading in here about um, experience. We all go through experiences. That's why we're here on this earth to experience life and that experiences trigger emotion. And sometimes it causes pain. So there's, there's inevitable pain that we go through. Sometimes stuff we, we do causes us pain. Sometimes stuff other people does causes us pain. Um, but then there's stuff that optional pain that we choose, right? So I just wanted to kind of blend these two because it really talks about two things I'm into right now is this and what Helen Irwin is teaching right now. There's a, the new training, the uh, transformational leadership development training that's going on um, that some of you may be involved in, um, some of you not. It's just brand new. It's just getting going. It's for uh, national directors and above and um, I'm just in the first course of it and I'm learning a lot, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to read a couple of things here and then share the difference. So here's an experience, a 50 pound bag of flour fell off the counter. And that means there's flour all over the floor. Um, the black socks stained all the whites in the washer. And that means the white clothes are no longer white, right? My dog got out and killed the neighbor's prized rooster. And that means the rooster is dead, right? So they're teaching us to stick to the facts, stick to the facts. But what happens is we perceive it and we make it mean stuff. We make it mean things. So like this is, this is choosing to distort the truth. So what I just read there was the truth. It was just, it just is. When, when I read those scenarios, it just is, right? But then we try to perceive it and color it and make it mean stuff and we distort it. And so here's one, I accidentally ripped up my paycheck and that means I'm a fool and I don't pay attention. I organized the room and that means it's perfect and so am I. I turned 50 and that means I should have a surprise birthday party. Right. So when things don't show up like we think they should, then we get all we get all uh, out of out of whack, out of kilter. And I noticed that. Am I dealing with truth or am I distorting it? 
am I sticking to the facts or am I coloring it to make my reality reality? Um, I wanna share what we're learning from Helen. There's what is happening and then there's what I make it mean. This is the same principle again, it's repeating. And there's an overlap in the middle. There's a circle of what is happening and then there's another circle of what I make it mean. And the intersection between those two circles is what I'm interpreting as my reality, right? So it's so, it's so cool to become aware of these things that make us aware and understanding how we're showing up and how the way we show up is either serving us or not serving us. Oh, and I gotta say this one more thing that I'm just remembering, Helen Irwin. At one of the Sundances, she taught the principle of asking the questions of what is happening? What do you want to have happen? What was missing? And what is next? And you guys, seriously, I, I use that all the time. I use it with my kids. When they come home and they're so upset, I, I say, okay, tell me what is happening? What did you want to have happen? Okay, what was missing? What's next? It's empowering for me to use that, but it's empowering for them too. So awesome. Um, I can't, can't not share that part um, about what Helen taught. Okay, I'm starting to wind down now, guys. We, we got 15 minutes and I'm gonna finish on time or maybe even a little bit early. Um, thank you so much for bearing with me. This has been really good for me to go back through all of these things and remind myself. Um, ah, so powerful. So Mary George, she comes through and clutch again. And last year when we were just about to board a ship for the, um, the ILAC cruise, she said, I got another book for you. <laughs> and I said, okay, I'm ready because anything Mary says, I'm good for. Um, this one was called The Path to Wealth by Mae McCarthy. And it's, it's got a little subtitle, The Seven Spiritual Habits to Creating Wealth. And there was still a part of me that thought, hmm, can I, can I mix spiritual and wealth? I don't know if that's okay to do, right? Because I had issues with creating wealth. I, I think I've mentioned that before in trainings or whatever, but I really did. I felt like if you're wealthy, probably means that you're worldly, that you're not, you know, good, that you're snobbish or whatever. I had these conceptions, misconceptions, right? So Dan Bell seriously helped me through that. And he continues to be such a huge role model, he and Dr. A both, in just the power that comes from stepping into, stepping into this opportunity and leading people, helping people find, find their greatness through this program. Not leading them in a positional leadership like one up, one down, but walking with them in relationship and recognizing that you're becoming successful it blesses everybody because when you've got more, you can give more. When you've got more, you can give more. And um, you can do a whole lot more with money than you can without. That was the thing that, that Dan Bell taught us. And so when I got this book, I, I thought, okay, this is gonna be interesting. And I got the book on Audible and then I got the hard copy. And this was a whole new step in the journaling part of my morning, my miracle morning. And I mentioned it brief, briefly at the summit in April because I was just starting on it then. But man, I cannot even tell you how powerful it is to journal in the way that she describes. Now, remember, this is about, we're not talking about religions here. We're talking about there's a force out there for good. And she partners with that and she teaches us how to utilize the power there in moving forward and creating what serves not only us but serves many and um that book has been life-changing and i'll just tell you quickly an experience because of that book i started to she encourages you to write gratitude for things that you are creating as if they are in process of creation currently which is hard because I always want to put it out there a ways and ask for help to create it. But really what I'm doing is saying, thank you for that. Thank you that this thing is being created now. So 
many of you guys know that I have a huge heart for the deaf community. We have many people on our team that are either they speak ASL, they teach it, they are moms of deaf kids. They're, we have an audiologist. We have all these people that showed up on our, on our team that had these gifts. And the, finally, I was like, okay, I'm getting the, I'm getting the um, message. We need to do something for them. So I had this desire for years to create videos for them to have some tools so that they could actually take part in our program and flourish and grow and just thrive, right? Because they deserve to, to have health too. So I started doing this journaling this way with regard to the deaf videos. And I didn't have any direction really, except for a couple of connections. I didn't have, I didn't know how I was going to do that. I didn't know how I was going to raise $7,000 to pay for the video production. I didn't know who I would get to help with the talent for that. I didn't know any of those things. I just started journaling every morning in my miracle morning, my time in the morning, gratitude for all those things falling into place, gratitude for all those things. Guys, I'm not kidding you. The money was raised. The talent showed up. We were able to put it together. We were able to find the people to do all the little pieces of this cog wheel fit. And then I kind of was doing it without permission because I'd asked corporate a lot of times if they would help me with it. And they said, yes, they were very, very awesome, but just not yet, just not now. But I kept feeling this nagging feeling like I got to do something. These guys need this. People are waiting. So with Dan Bell's support, we, we started some things in motion and we were able to get the videos created, but then corporate heard about them and and I had followed everything. I, I used only stuff that was through compliance. I was pretty sure I was okay, but they said, we need to see these videos. So I turned them in. And when we went to national convention this last time, just this in July, I got the word from corporate that they had been approved. This is incredible. These things that have fallen into place because I have been journaling this way. So I am encouraging you guys don't discount it until you try it. Be open and curious to it. Um, it has been a huge blessing to me. Every morning I look forward to getting up and journaling and writing to my higher power and partnering with that power to create good. And it's good that we create good. This world needs good. Your success is necessary. Your success is necessary because if you succeed, that means other people succeed too, right? And you are uniquely prepared, uniquely prepared to serve the people in your world and the people who cross your path. That's another Dave Blanchardism. You're uniquely prepared. And I hear people say, you know, I read all the comments in the August Madness threads about all the lies we tell ourselves. I told myself those too. They're lies. They're from the other side. We don't listen to them anymore. We make a decision and we go out and we serve. Why? Because the people in our world deserve to have this. Somebody shared it with you. So now if we don't share, then who down the line is, is not going to get this because we stop that chain of events. We can't be that link chain. We can't be the weak link. We've got to be the strong link. Right. So if you're struggling with your systems, you don't understand, you don't have your skill set where it needs to be. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Get somebody to help you. You can do this. It doesn't matter if you're an introvert. It doesn't matter if you're an extrovert. It doesn't. Who cares what kind of vert you? Well, I'm sure there's a couple. One vert you don't want to be. <laughs> Just saying. But it's you're perfect. Just how you are. We just have. We have an opportunity to grow and to move forward and to serve. And we become better through it all. I am so grateful for everybody who's poured into me and into my team, all of you. Uh, I am so grateful. And if you guys will allow me, um, yesterday, I music is a big deal to me. I love it. I, I, 
I've done music my whole life. I sing, I play the piano. My daughter sings, my family's into it. Music's just part of our life. And yesterday, a song came across my path, which I don't think was a mistake or was a coincidence. And I'm, I would just like to finish off today by playing it for you, not me personally, but just over this, because it says everything that I have in my heart right now. So I'm just gonna um, share my screen real quick and I'm gonna play this song for you. It's on my Facebook wall. So I posted it last night and I don't think anybody's even liked it, but um, I would really love it if you guys love this to go and like or love it because it's an amazing, amazing song. So um, put a yes in the chat if you can hear it. Thank you so much for letting me be here today, Jamil. Um, whoa. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone, for um, being here with me and allowing me to share. And um, I love each of you, and I know that you're capable of creating amazing things in your lives. You are light out there. Um, that was David Archuleta, by the way, if any of you didn't know. Um, 
amazing vocalist, amazing performer. That spoke to my heart and um, you are all light and together we'll light this world. Um, thank you so much, everyone. Have a wonderful day and 